you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? You guys look good. I like that song right there. almost started moving a little bit. Then I was afraid I'd fall over. So glad to have you, Compassion. So glad to have you in the house of the Lord. Do you know you're not here by accident, but here by divine appointment? That God has you here for a reason today. God has you here today to speak something into your life. And if you're ready, if you'll listen, God will bless you today. God will bless you today. Amen. What an amazing God we serve, a powerful God. For the last few weeks, we've been talking about say yes. Say yes. Say yes to your calling. Say yes to your purpose. Say yes to serving in the house of the Lord. Say yes. But can I stop real quick? Before we go any further, in fact, can I stop real quick because this fan's about to drive me crazy. Is, did y'all hear it? Thank God. I'm a little ADD. And I'm just going to be honest with you, I couldn't preach the rest of my sermon. In fact, right then I was drawing it out just a little bit trying to say, get your thoughts together, John. See, if we come to the place that we serve the kingdom, but we're not serving with passion. We're not serving with excitement. We're not serving with the power that will enable us to do what we do. Then Let, let me begin to share some things that will happen to you. You'll burn out. You'll end up quitting. Can I tell you something else you do? You'll make it about you. Instead of making it about serving the kingdom and serving others, some way, somehow, it'll become about you. You're not getting enough pats on the back. Nobody told me how great of a job that I did. Oh, I thought when I started serving, everything would be great and hunky-dory and I'd never have any problems again. Somebody lied to you. Me and Laura were watching a movie this week called Serendipity. I probably wasn't paying much attention, but in the middle of the story, the guy made a comment that got my attention. He said, the Greeks didn't write obituaries. They only asked one question after a man died. Did he have passion? Did he have passion? I went and looked it up. I don't know if the Greeks actually said that or not. I don't know. But it really stuck out to me. Do you have passion in your life? I had to to ask the same question to me. Do I have passion for what I'm doing, what God's calling? Do I have passion? See, to have passion, we must know where passion comes from. It's not just something you, you stir up. It's, it's not just something you make up. It, it's not just passion. It's not just a, a passion you have for your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Oh, we got passion. 
Passion is something that should be deep inside of you that stirs you, that pushes you, that drives you to do something greater and bigger than who you are. I want you to look with me in Acts chapter 4 verse 7. Hold your hand there and then we'll go to Acts chapter 4 verse 31. And I want to share a story today of passion. What it means. In Acts chapter 4 verse 7 it says, They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Even they recognized that there was a power that was greater than them. By what power and what name did you do this? Now go down to verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Say that with me. Boldly. Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. And God, I pray that every heart and every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And Lord, let not one, not one leave this house the same way that they came, but blessed by your word and your presence in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Nelson Mandela once said, There is no passion to be found in playing small. And settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. John Wesley said it this way. When you set yourself on fire, people love to come and see you burn. Anybody want to let me do that illustration on you today? When you set yourself on fire, people want to come and watch you burn. Let me give you a background of the passage here in Acts chapter 4 that I'm reading. If you go over to Acts chapter 3, what has happened is Jesus saw, I mean, uh, Peter and, and them saw this man at the gate of beautiful. And when they come in and they begin to talk to him, he said, they, he asked for healing. At that moment, they said, Peter, I mean, silver and gold have we none. But what we do have, we give to you. Get up and walk. The man's healed. He's delivered. Praise God. And when that happens, it begins to spread throughout the city. And when it does, people are talking about it. And they are now proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ boldly. Because let me say this, any miracle that happens in your life isn't just for you. Anything that God does in your life isn't just for you. Do, do you hear me? The man got healed. Silver and gold had they none, but what they did have was the power of God to bring healing in the body of that man. And they did so, and because of that, the message of Jesus got out there. The Sanhedrin didn't like it. How many of you know that when you do something for God, the devil ain't going to like what you're doing? You, you, you know that. Because for some of you that you do something great for God and then you may go through some turmoil in your life and you become a little bit of a wuss 
Because you go through something and you give up and you run away and you get upset and something you don't like in the church and something ain't going the way you think it should go and, and you're just going to quit. Not realizing that when you go and do something great for the kingdom of God, and, and let me tell you what happened, the Sanhedrin didn't like what they were doing so they come and take them and they throw them in jail. And they begin to question them. They begin to interrogate them. By what power do you do what you do? The church is back praying for them, interceding for them. Eventually they'll let them go, and I'll talk some about that. They, in essence, say to them, hey, don't you go and tell anybody else. Don't you go and talk about it. Don't you go and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. You just keep your mouth shut. And I love the response of the two men. You know what they say? Hey, you know what? You decide to do what you want to do. But for me, we will have to speak and say what God has told us to say. Forget you. That's not in there. That's a John Leggett thrown in the scriptures. So I want to share with you today, in fact, if I could title my sermon, it would be this, the power of your yes. Or another word, the passion of your yes. What does that mean when we talk about that? Number one, I want you to write this down. Say your yes despite their no's. Say their yes despite their no's. Listen to this in Acts chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because of the apostles were teaching the people. Do you know that you can scare the devil? Do you know that what God is doing in your life can put the devil on edge? In fact, let me say this. When you do something great for God and the enemy comes against you, it's because you're doing something great for God. And if we will learn to understand that and not become afraid of it. Now, listen to what he says. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. Now listen to verse 18. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Peter had a mouth on him. I'm telling you. Turn your neighbor and say, boy, you got a mouth on you. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. How many know that this is a rhetorical question? He really wasn't asking a question. What he's really saying is, is you can say what you want to say and do what you want to do and believe what you want to believe, but I'm here to tell you right now, I don't answer to you, I answer to God. As for us, I wonder if he pumped out his chest a little bit. I wonder if he flexed it a little bit. Me and Laura this week were in South Carolina. We were at South, I mean, uh, Seacoast Church, and this amazing church there. They were in probably about 14,000, something like that. And we were there, and they were practicing for their women's conference. And we stuck around because anybody know who Brandon Lake is? Well, Brandon Lake was there. He was practicing. We didn't know it. And uh, we found out, and we were waiting and waiting, and then they skip over, and he didn't come out. But my wife, and I don't know if it's because she loves his Jesus music or, well, she loves him. I don't know which one. 
Uh, we're going to go with the music, okay? We're going to believe that's the reason. We all were about to leave, and all of a sudden I look at my wife, and she's running back toward the sanctuary. And I'm like, what, what is she doing? Well, Brandon Lake had finally come out. And I had to say to my wife, this is the house of the Lord, honey. Praise you, Jesus. It's his hair. It is. I'm going to get me some of those little things and glue it to my head. I, I thought about Peter because he gets up there and he starts singing. He does something that I don't know what. I thought he was flexing his muscles at first. And Lord said, no, he's not flexing his muscles because I'd have been closer to the stage if he was. But he gets up there and he's like. And I thought, man, I'm going to start praising God like that. I wonder if Peter come and said to them, say, hey, you choose for yourself what you're going to do, but for us, we're going to speak the name of Jesus. So that's what I want some of you to do this week. When, when, that, when that person at work that gets on your every last nerve, they drive you crazy, and they walk up, I just want you to say to them, I speak Jesus. Just walk away. Just walk away. See, I, I want you to hear me that they chose to say yes despite the no's. I am telling you, life isn't always going to be easy. Life isn't always going to be the way you want it. Church won't always make you happy. Amen? And there will be sometimes in the middle of your greatest time of worshiping and proclaiming and speaking the name of Jesus that there will be trials and tribulations, pain and hurt that are going on in your life. But you stand up and say, I say yes in the middle of the nose because my God is more than able. See, that's passion. That's passion. Something happened to me the other day that I've been a pastor now for 28 years. Amen. They're just going, yeah, because I'm older than you. That's why you're doing that. Woo! He's older. And with all the transition that we've been going through, I was laying in the bed the other day on a Saturday night. And I turned over to my wife. And I said, I don't want to preach tomorrow. I haven't said that in 28 years. But I turned over and I said, I don't want to preach in the morning. I was tired. I was weary. But can I tell you what I did the next morning? I rolled out of bed. I took my shower. I put on my clothes. I got my word in my arm. And I went to church. And you know what I did? I preached the word of God. Amen. See, the reason I'm saying this because I want you to understand the no's will come. The problems will arise. There will be those who will come against you and fight you on every side. But when they are, can I tell you something? It's probably because you're doing what God has called you to do and the devil doesn't like it. But that's all right because in the middle of that trial, God's going to speak his truth in your life. Mm. Number two. Know the source of your yes. Know the source. Listen to what happens. In Acts 4, 13, 
when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. Anybody ordinary in here? Three of you are telling the truth. The rest of you lied. It says they were astonished and they took note. I love this right here. One of my favorite verses right here. They took note what? These men had been with Jesus. See, can I tell you that when you leave today and you go to a restaurant, there should be something about you that draws someone's attention and they say, I don't know what it is. There's something different about you. Oh, I'm sorry. I've just been with Jesus for the last hour. He's affected my life. He stirred my passion and I'm just not the same. Years ago, I was speaking at a leadership conference in California, and I walked up to the hotel to check in. There's another guy with me that is there, and we walk up, and he's got his room, and then I walk in my room, and I begin to start talking, and the woman goes, whoo, are you a preacher? At first, when she went, whoo, I thought, well, yeah. I should have known better. She goes, whoa. I said, what? Just like this. She goes, whoa. I went, what? She goes, are you a preacher? And I said, well, yes, man. How would you know that? And at first I'm, I'm freaking out because I went, oh, my God, I look like a preacher. <laughs> you know, my dad was a preacher, and he looked like a preacher, didn't he, Lauren? Wore suits all the time. He had the comb over, you know. He just he had the preacher look. And I went, oh, God. And I said, why do I look like one? She said, no, but I can tell in your voice that God's in you. I'm like, whoa. I take that as a compliment. Praise God. She goes, I just love to hear you talking. I'm like, okay, this is getting a little bit creepy. I'm married. See, the, the source of our yes is our time with Jesus. Our source of our yes is when we're hanging around Jesus in prayer, on our knees, in his word. If you want passion in your life, you can't get passion without the passion maker, which is Jesus Christ himself. you got to spend time with him, being with him, trusting in him. Listen to this in Acts 4.2. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, reclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. Do you know how I know you've been with Jesus? You're talking about him. You're talking about him. If I'm around you and I never hear Jesus, years ago we were looking at hiring a guy for worship way before we got Abby, and we're looking at a guy, actually another state that we're looking at bringing in, and he wanted me to praise as a worship leader. And you know what I did? I went to his Facebook page. <laughs> I creeped. And guess what was absent on his praise and worship page? Praise and worship. A lot of other kind of music, but no praise and worship. And guess what wasn't there? Jesus. I thought, well, he's not our guy. He may be a great singer. He may be a great leader. But he's not a great Jesus leader. See, if you're hanging around Jesus, can I tell you that Jesus is coming out of your mouth? Jesus is coming out of your words? 
Amen. Acts 4, 7 says, Then he had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. But what power, by what power and what name do you do this? Right there, they knew something. Amen. See, the name of Jesus, the power of God in your life, will far outweigh your own abilities. Acts 4, 27 Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power will be decided beforehand. Can I tell you the second way you know that you can say yes? It's the Holy Spirit in your life. It's the Holy Spirit in your life. Here's the last one. Write this down. I got to hurry. Know your yes can shake things up. Know your yes can shake things up. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. For the last two weeks, we've been talking about saying yes. Finding your place to serve in the church. Finding that place that you belong. We don't do that to be self-serving. We do that because I believe that one of the ways you live a fulfilled life for Christ is doing what God's called you to do. My wife asked me last night, she said, are you just going to speak on yes? I said, no. Y'all will remember nothing about my sermon today, but sorry, you're going to remember. The last two weeks have been hard. Me and my wife got in a fight the other day on the way to have dinner with her parents. dropped her off and I went and drove to a gas station and pulled her to a gas station and I sat there for an hour I texted her I said baby I'm sorry it's not you it's me I'm struggling right now that through this transition through all that I'm going through is just a lot I, I, I really began to question had I made the right decision. She takes me back and she said, you know we did. God told us. God spoke it. God gave us a sign. We know it is. I was still struggling though. And I've been in a meeting in South Carolina at Seacoast. And while I was there, I asked the Lord, I said, God, God, me and God just have honest conversations. And I said, God, this transition that we've made, this decision to go back and forth and to have another campus, I, I said, God, have I screwed up? Have I made the wrong decision? I said, God, I really wish you'd speak to me today.
because I need to know. We broke up in groups, and I ended up at the table with the what they call the experienced pastor. His job is the preaching, the worship, in other words, the experience of the service. And we're talking, and he makes a comment that grabs my attention. I kind of stop, and I said, wait, wait, what did you say? He said, oh, well, I, I said that our, our pastor, uh, he only preaches 40% of the time. And I stopped, and I went, what? He said, yes. He preaches about 40% of the time. We have a, a campus pastor that preaches some other time than a, a preaching team. And I thought, wow. See, can I tell you that God in my life has always been very specific, mainly because I'm an idiot. I'm just being honest. Here's your sign. So as we're in there listening to Brandon Lake for Laurie to praise, the pastor walks over to me. Pastor of this big mega church, he comes over and we just start having a, a conversation. It's like the Lord is orchestrating, I ask, he answered. And he walks over and talking. I said, I have a question for you. I heard that you don't preach all the time. He said, no. He said, I, I preach maybe about 40% 40 of the time, maybe 50% of the time. I said, how did that go for y'all? He goes, a little rocky at first. He said, but I knew that God had told us to do it. There's no doubt. And he said, I will statistically say it's the number one reason our church has seen the growth that it has seen. But how do we know that God knows when you steal doubt? So that night, I'm at a restaurant. Was it Hyman's? Is that what it's called? It's the last restaurant I ate with my father before he passed. I'm in there eating some good old seafood. And I'm sitting across from a guy that pastors a church in Miami. And we get to talking and he asked me what I do, and, and I told him the transition we just made, and he smiles, and I kind of asked what he's smiling for. And he said, oh, well, just a few years ago, our church did the same thing. I preach about twice a month. I said, how did that go? He goes, a little rocky at first. He said, it's been the, been the biggest growth of our church. I'll share that with you today, not to try to drive home a point about me. I say that to you today because when God tells you to do something, you say yes. Despite all the no's or the disagreements or the ones who don't like it or the ones who find a reason why you're not, what it, it doesn't matter. And can I just be totally transparent with you today? And my wife could attest to this because I told her. About two weeks ago, I said, honey, this is the first time in my life for what I've been going through that I've ever questioned whether it would be better if I was not here or not. I've never been there. But can I tell you how I got there? And what scared me most 
is that I know that wasn't coming from God. That was coming from chattering of the enemy, running his mouth saying, you messed up, you screwed up, what are you doing, da-da-da-da. See, the moment you stop believing in the yes that God has spoken in your life, you'll start giving no's to God. See, when my wife texted me back and said, John, two years ago God kept saying to us what was going to happen. You would put a fleece on God that was impossible. And God did it in a day. See, I realized at that moment I had lost my passion. Not because of God, not because of anything else, but doubts and believing the no's instead of trusting the yes. I want you to be passionate about what God has spoken in your life. I want you to be passionate about what God has promised for your future. That they came in that room and they began to pray. And can I tell you what happened? The power of the Holy Spirit entered the room that day and began to shake the walls and shake the walls. They forgot about them going to jail. They forgot about all the talk. They forgot about the threats that had been given. They forgot about the no's. They got in the room with the Holy Spirit and it began to shake the room and shake their life. I'll tell you what happened. Some of you need some shaking. I want you to stand with me. And I want you to do something. You ready? Some of you need some shaking. Let, let, let me tell you why. You ready? After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shake. And I love this. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. You cannot do what you need to do without the Holy Spirit. Well, I love Jesus. I'm glad you love Jesus. You need Jesus. He's your Savior. He's your Redeemer. He's your way to the Father. But can I tell you today, some of you are not living the passionate life God has called you to because you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit showed up and showed out in that room, and guess what they found? His presence. I want the presence of God so strong in this house that when you walk through the door, you feel it. You know it. I love this. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you filled with the Holy Spirit. I want Him to indwell you, overpower you, fill you. I I love this right here. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And I love this right. And they spoke the Word of God boldly. Can I tell you what happens when you encounter the Holy Spirit? He will change your vocabulary. You negative Neds. He will change. And you won't speak those negative words anymore. 
You complaining Chris's. Some of y'all looking at your neighbor, stop it. He'll change you. He'll change you to compliment him. The, 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 the Eileen impossibles. I'm just making up as I go on. And if you're Eileen, I'm sorry. But this was a God moment. Hear God, don't die and go to hell. See, God will change your vocabulary. You, you, you cussing Kathy's. And that's Kathy with a C, not with a K. You cussing Kathy's. See, God will change your vocabulary when you come in the presence of the Holy Spirit. When you get in the presence of God, He'll change you. And I love this. If you go down to the verses below that, it begins to show what happens. Let me tell you what happens in the church. How many know the church was not designed to be a one-man show? Amen. And all the believers were one in heart and mind, and no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. But they shared everything they had. Can I tell you that when we begin to come together as a body of Christ, there's unity. If we will find passion in the church, God will release unity in this house. Listen to what he says. And all the believers are one in heart and mind, and no one claimed anything of the possessions of their own, but they shared everything. Can I tell you, at the moment that you begin to get in the presence of the Holy Spirit, can I tell you that selfishness must go? It ain't about you or what you want or what you need. In fact, can I tell you that if you ever get in the presence of Jesus and in the Holy Spirit, it stops being about you and becomes about those around you? There was no one needy amongst them. For time to time, those who had land and houses sold and brought the money from them. Can I tell you another thing that happens? When you get in the Holy Spirit, He will stir up generosity. I gotta stop. I could go on all day. In essence, let me tell you what I'm saying to you today. I want you to say yes to the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. I want you to get your passion back. Say, I got my passion back. I was listening to the negative Nancys and those saying, well, this won't work and this ain't going to happen. Pastor, what are you doing? I'm doing what God told me to do. Well, I don't like it. I don't care. Because you ain't my God. God's my God. And for some of you that you're struggling in your life about letting others dictate you or lead you or steal your self-worth or give you insecurities, can I tell you, it's time that you say yes to God and no to others and listen to what the Holy Spirit is speaking in your life. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you need some passion back in your life, you feel like you've lost passion a long time ago, then I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised.
I pray that you would fill them with passion today that can only come from the Holy Spirit. Indwell them right now, I speak, God. Lord, they would feel your presence, know your power, know your love. Lord, all the insecurities and doubts and worries and fears that have tried to flood their minds, all the, the no's have been spoke by everyone around them. I pray today, Lord, you would silence those voices and let them hear the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, yes, go, I'll go with you. Bless them, Lord. Give them that passion that they've been desiring. With every head bowed, every eye closed, one last question today. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want you to know He died on a cross for you. That through His death, you would have eternal life. Through the shedding of His blood, you have forgiveness of sins. All you have to do to be saved today is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that He is the Son of the living God, died on a cross for you, rose on the third day. And with your mouth, confess him, Lord, of your life, you shall be saved. If that is you today, you'd like to give your heart and life to Christ, then I just want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anyone today? Today is the day of salvation. Don't let this moment pass you by. I've got one. Give God praise. Would you all say this prayer with me? Say it loud. Say it proud. As one new name has been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Say, Dear Jesus. I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise today. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. 